uh, I'll be performing the role of guy who's just finding out about the queen's death. <laughs> guy, local town idiot. <laughs> local idiot boy. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? The power huh? queen? Welcome to Sad Boys, a podcast <laughs> about feelings and other things also. I'm Jarvis. I'm Jordan, and that genuinely took me by surprise. <laughs> yeah, I just figured I would get into it. That's kind no, of my, like, my style you made it weird. of... Yeah, my style of guerrilla documentary podcasting. Yeah, you can do one of those um, NPR openings. Like, uh, it always opens with like you know like native sound from the environment they're in, like walking in an airport or something. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here. I'm here in uh, in Nashville, and I'm here to talk to a very special man. Like knock, 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 knock. Boarding Hi, for Jordan three fifty two. You just hear it in the background. <laughs> like, and like knocking on a door, and uh, it's always like some. I'll just open the door and be like, hey there, I, I, yeah, I'd love to talk about my um, interest in yachts, and then it's 40 minutes of talking Jordan about Jordan is just interested in yachts, but over the past two weeks, he's become the focus of national attention. Hi, <laughs> I'm NPR consultant, NPR guy. And this- <laughs> this is my, it's my real name, I don't know. <laughs> Weird, right? Yeah. As surprised as you. What's the, what's the guy, who's it? My name is- Orkadork Smorkelson. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Real, right? That's my real my name. Friends are, my, my, my parents were big into Tolkien. <laughs> yeah, it's in the were. Silmarillion. He's a very <laughs> specific the character. Silmarillion. Um, welcome to Talkin' Tolkien. <laughs> <laughs> a podcast about Tolkien and other things also. What's that? I'm cancelled. I'm one of those <laughs> oh, guys. Oh, no. Oh, no. They're black. You host Get one of these shows. <laughs> Get them out. <laughs> Who let those black people into our fantasy show? Get the hell out of here. Don't tell me they're a mermaid next. I am an orc, and I'll take no <laughs> black people in my fantasy universe. <laughs> I could be, as long as they're in heavy makeup and playing a tree. <laughs> yeah. Or something. Yeah, I am a wizard, and I've got magical powers. But don't worry. <laughs> I'm white. White is the clouds in the sky. <laughs> I'm the normal one. I'm default. I'm default <laughs> white man with beard. Uh, <laughs> it's so funny to like try and play the game that, I, and I'm not trying to like take anything away from Tolkien as an artist, as a writer, as a as a as a fandom. Any of that, it is just unavoidable when you when you take. I can already see the comment. I can already see the feedback. Like, well, actually, in the deep lore, I think you'll find that, that he did this really based thing. No, I don't disagree at all. It, but there is no escaping the fact that the, the fucking the man made the only human adversary adversary that is not green and 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 well black the orcs are also black uh, a vaguely uh, Mediterranean Middle Eastern uh, elephant riding Saracen type mm. and he's just like well the only ones that are evil but also a guy. Other brown ones, obviously. Because, <laughs> like, an elf can be annoying and smug, but they can't be evil because they're normal looking. Right, right, right. You could identify with them. Um, I don't know Ethan enough about Lord of the Rings to have this conversation. Um, no, I'm, I, 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 and I will actually, I will acquiesce. At the, the deep lore I'm not aware of, but you can, I'll actually skip the Tolkien critique and I'll move on to the franchise critique. I'll say, like, <laughs> Yeah. This this is an issue that should have been addressed by Peter Jackson. This is not like a thing. Right. We should right. not be having the argument about the race of the characters now. 
right. <laughs> that, that should have been a controversy yeah. 20 years ago. So Jordan, before the pod, we, we always do a little pre-pod show that is just, um, it's a secret exclusive podcast episode between you and I called A Conversation. It's way better. Yeah, it's called A Private Conversation Amongst Friends. Patreon and only. <laughs> it's Patreon only, but we, it's, we're the only ones to get the Patreon. And it's a live stream <laughs> that only we are allowed to be a part of. <laughs> Sorry, pal. Sorry, yeah. Buster. It's essentially lost media. <laughs> <That's> like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, fellas, is it lost media to have a conversation? <laughs> it just, but uh, is it recorded? Lost media A, hanging out with your boys. Lost media B, the episode of Jimmy Neutron where he goes to, <laughs> he fights a child yeah. soldier or whatever. <laughs> um, but we were talking about how, sorry. We were talking about how we've recorded more of the podcast remotely now than mm. we have. Um, in person yeah ever I, I get not even just since the pandemic or something but I yeah true all the way true. Back to 2017. yeah ever yeah and speaking of 2017 podcasting i was recently looking for an old screenshot on my phone and i didn't find what i was looking for but i did find this ancient 2017 twitter um screenshot of my of my twitter and Jordan, I want you to describe this. Uh, wait, what? Which part am I looking at? My oh, comprehension is poor. Also, oh no, I was just, I, I was just, uh, it's just like, oh wow, I, yeah, I have, a, I have a cringy little bio. I have like eight hundred followers. I, I, no, I, I like this. This is cute. <laughs> uh, it's interesting that your profile picture is the same because and, and you've also same. got at Jarvis now. Like that, you are making oh, yeah. the conscious effort at branding and like. It's interesting seeing. Yeah. I think sometimes it's easy to take creators and their careers as like an absolute, right? Especially you that are an industry plant. Right. Uh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's like at San Francisco as well. Oh, this is so funny. Okay. Um, I'll slap this to Austin as well. He can put it on screen. Um, yeah. Just yeah. Just for the real, all, all the real ones. <laughs> uh, and I'm not going to describe it for the audio listeners, actually. Yeah. Who, <laughs> you feel foolish now, do you? On your podcatcher? Um, we have Jarvis Johnson. Yeah, dude. This is like <laughs> this uh, is. You might as well have like a dad of three Christian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, positive influence. Uh, there's periods between these, obviously. Positive yeah. influence. Rookie YouTuber. Rookie engineer YouTuber. Patreon. Sad boy at Sad Boy's pod. I really wish you'd included like maybe you've uh, you've just scrubbed it out. You've erased it, but afterwards, just like one of those uh, the silly one. You know, dad oh, of three yeah. devoted to Christ. A little wacky. Yeah, Game of Thrones enthusiast. Yeah, don't don't ask me about the Silmarillion. <laughs> yeah, don't even talk to me until I've had my Tolkien. <laughs> yeah, don't even talk to me until I've had my Tolkien. <laughs> what is um, what do you think's changed personally about you in like what is this twenty seventeen? You said yeah, twenty seventeen. Like emotional development, or at least how you present yourself. Because I was talking to a friend of mine recently, or like very brief DM message that I don't think I. We'd had any communication since like 2018. Yeah. And I was already aware of how much of myself, I, gladly that I'd like shed it, so much of what I right. formed as Jordan. Yeah. Especially, I think, like performative um, cynicism a little bit. You right. Know? Especially even younger than that, like college and stuff, just like disliking stuff as a substitute for personality, right? <laughs> yeah, Being yeah. like, oh, that movie, they're actually all bad. Yeah, Every film, yeah. it's actually not that good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's true. 
you you're also like the biggest you're also the biggest film buff like yeah oh. there's never been a good film i love all of them secretly privately and you can you can write like you can play bingo on what the film students quote obscure movie is despite being you know seen by millions of- <laughs> <laughs> right, the right, reason right. you know about it being that it was taught in a class like uh, yeah <laughs> have you ever heard yeah. of uh kurosawa oh oh the most famous japanese director According to Beer Naked Ladies, uh, Kurosawa makes mad films. He makes mad films. Can you believe it? That is that is maybe the one of the most common like alt rap scene bars now. Well, I was gonna say uh, uh, that movie critic Bob or whatever that uh, Bob Chapman, yeah, who you turned me on to. (laughs) That's been. I literally know what you're gonna fucking say. Well, that's like his, Kurosawa. That's his I make mad. That's in his yeah. Twitter bio. That's yeah. funny. But it's funny because we were rep- we were talking about what the Bare Naked Lady song one week, um, and I'm pretty I'm sure realized. that is from that song. Wait, is it? It's been from that song. Is, Let me just double check. With, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's from Bare Naked Ladies one week, which we talked. Is that about. the one referencing Chinese chicken? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. In, in the same in the same breath as saying Chickadee China the Chinese chicken and uh Sailor Moon has got the boom anime babes that make me think the wrong thing. Oh, <laughs> they also yeah. say like Kurosawa I make mad films. The only good thing Andrew Tate has ever put into the world is that uh that series of tweets where he's like if you're into girls, if you're into <laughs> anime girls, then that is cringy. Bugai. And then he follows yeah. it up with just like uh Okay, apparently because his base is, you know, freaking out or whatever. And he's like, yeah. I'm kidding. I was fucking around. That bit. Show me, show me them yeah. triple G's. <laughs> yeah. Actually, they, uh, actually, anime titties are based. They're actually very based. Actual, what color are your anime boobies? <laughs> <laughs> Send it through. I've got, boob- I've got boobies in my Bugatti. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I've got I just a body, realized why I've got a body so pillow in my Bugatti. Body, uh-huh. body pillow is very A body. <laughs> I think the reason I struggle so much with Andrew getting an Andrew Tate voice out, I realized recently, is like <laughs> everything, all of his little affectations are exactly the parts of my voice that I've tried very consciously to not change. Because mm. he's, the, he's the reverse of me, right? He's, he's uh, 75% percent american oh, 25% <laughs> british i'm 25% american yeah, yeah i catch yeah. myself especially with terminology but uh, i've always i'm so conscious of like um like he he skips his t's sometimes and that is like that region yeah he'll go I he'll do. go give me a bottle of water a bottle of water yeah bottle of water that's not yeah, even exactly. consistent which is like it, 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 that is what happened. Where I'm from is is what people do, but I've always just been kind of fuzzy with it because of like the very the accents are so like um, iterative. From right. Where, you know, it, when I was younger, I'd say iterative or something like that. Iterative. But yeah. It, you, it just switches. As soon as I went to high school, it changed again. As soon as I went to college, it changed again. It just it, just how it goes. Just just tiny little changes. And then when I went to the US, it, it became all about just like comprehension. I, I just right. don't want people to always ask what I say. So I became <laughs> right, right, clearer right. with my T's. Yeah. And seeing him do the exact opposite is equally as valid. There's like nothing <laughs> wrong with what he's doing. But my, oh, my child. Wait, brain, you hear that, everybody? <laughs> there's nothing, there's wrong nothing wrong with what he's doing. Tate's doing. Yeah. With his accent as well. <laughs> <laughs> and on a yeah, completely separate note, his accent's cool. That'd be such a funny thing for 
us to invest in <laughs> the Andrew Tate Manosphere stuff to do to be everything we've been for ten years and then just turn and around. at this point to completely turn around <laughs> to pull pull a Sneeko to Sneeko go Sneeko mode go Sneeko mode oh, dude. Um, Sneeko the newest in the uh, this is your guy guy you know what yeah I mean? yeah yeah like oh this is. Your choose a character. This right. Is, this like Ben Shapiro, Jordan Peterson, Matt Walsh, especially. Matt, is, Matt Walsh is so like, are you serious? Like this yeah. is your protagonist. If you made right. a movie about the Manosphere, you'd make it about like the iceberg lettuce of people. Yeah. Are you sure? I mean, at the very least, like Sneeko's charismatic and like Andrew Tate's charismatic. But like, yeah. I was watching a Matt Walsh clip where he was just like, I don't know, saying horrible transphobic things. And um, I was like, man, this guy is so boring. <laughs> he's really boring. <laughs> he's not even compelling as with his hate speech. Yeah, exactly. And he's, he's, he's also, he's one of those uh, like theory guys, right? He's like the mm. um, right wing equivalent of a dude that on Twitter for the first seven years of their time posting would always just like post, uh, you know, like a veiled sexual assault joke could be like epic, mm -hmm. bad boy. And then in 2019, uh, started typing in all lowercase and talking about like Marxism. Just right. Makes, makes like the brand, the brand switch. Right. Uh, and then like, and it, he's the equivalent of that on the other side, which is just like generally missing and not being popular until you really emphasize what your base wants to hear, which is just like, well, actually, yeah. girls, chicks, booby. And uh, boy, <laughs> boy Peebus, uh, be me. <laughs> Chicken, China, the Chinese chicken. Chinese chicken. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, boys, Kurosawa, McMahon. <laughs> yeah, and everybody's uh, like, oh, okay. Also, shout outs to the, the uh, bad boys talking about Marxism in lowercase. That's me. But also, the, um, <laughs> at least talking about I've been a little bit more consistent over the years. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With genuine interest. Right. Um, how did we get here? Oh, uh, you were saying you liked Andrew Tate and that stuff he was saying. Oh, right, yeah, his accent, his 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 bottle of his bottle of water, water, <laughs> yeah. water. But uh, but how did we get to that? Oh, because we were doing Andrew Tate accent about. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> something. Really. Oh, we should get. Uh, I know. I mean, I know several listeners dedicated enough to do this. So to point out, I'm saying this is a joke. Don't waste your time. We should create like um. You ever seen those graphs that are like like an infographic of Inception, and it's like this dream starts here and is going at this speed, <laughs> right. and this is what events affect what, or like ten? Yeah, we someone tries to diagram. Yeah, an episode of Sideways and the like ADHD ass conversation. The, um, the multi the multiverse of like, what if we never started the Andrew Tate bit? What would we be talking about now? Yeah, like, in yeah. an alternate universe, we stayed on topic. Not um, every single one of them we're talking about Andrew Tate. We just never don't do it. <laughs> I. Oh, we were talking about traits that like perf social performances that you kind of like. Oh, Andrew, Andrew traits. Yeah. So you asked me, <laughs> you asked me, I know you British people like rhyming. Um, <laughs> the, Thanks, the, uh, the, you asked me a question. So there's two things and, and all, whenever we talk about Andrew Tate, I feel like I start speaking in his cadence because I said, you asked me a question. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's how it works, so, man. So. Before I answer that original question, after we've already gone on this complete um, <laughs> tangent, that photo that I sent you, that screenshot, yeah. I have to tell the people that, and I don't know how I'm planning to announce this 
like in a tweet, but I do eventually want to point it out. So if you'll zoom in to my face, you'll notice that there's a gap in my teeth as it is 2017. Oh. And also, and also in my current photo, there's not a gap in my teeth. Wait, wait. <laughs> What the fuck? Yeah. So, wait. at wait some point, <laughs> oh my god, wait, what was it? Uh, Zelda is real. <laughs> yeah, L is real. Yeah, L is real. So, so, at some point, someone in my subreddit... this is fucked. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the? <laughs> um. So at some point, <laughs> so at like some point years and years ago, so like around the time I got around the time I got braces, someone photoshopped the gap closed on my subreddit, oh my God. and I just changed my profile photo to it and didn't address it for four years. That's actually nuts. And so at some point, I I want to like point this out, and I just think it's so funny. Wow. But okay. yeah, so that's something. Listeners, he's lied to me for years. He he has implicitly deceived me. His good friend Jordan Nadika, famous beloved YouTuber, uh, Nobel Prize winner for being funny, big uh, award winner for best funniness. This is crazy. So, <clears throat> as far as how my persona has changed, or when I look back at this time, what is different to me? The main thing is how cringy i was <laughs> but like yeah. also just like i think I'm, i was just like overly earnest and i don't know why um but i don't like it and and there's nothing yeah. like i think i am a genuine and earnest person but there's something about that sort of persona and, and it's also present in my early videos i just do not like that's what you, makes it really hard for me to watch those videos do you, when do you think that kicked in not uh creator wise i mean like personally um like was that present in high school? i think it i think it is like a creator thing it's an external thing because i i think i've always kind of been the way i am interpersonally i mean you could you could let me know but like do you, do you see like what do you see as differences between me in 2017 you know bright-eyed, bushy-tailed content creator, and now? Well, I think that, you know, there's a... We know... If, uh, I, genu I genuinely consider you a brother, and I know you... I like to think I know you well, which means I can say I don't think uh, you will ever be satisfied with yourself. <laughs> as, that's as, absolutely... Like, a, a creator I think output. that's true, yeah. But uh, there is a... That, um, they said that about Hamilton as well. <laughs> that's true, yeah. I was in the room at the time. Where it happened. And look how he turned out. <laughs> yeah. what's he up to now yeah uh, mm, alive and I, well i presume i do think there's like a, a, a some of that disquiet in you is is gone now a lot of it which is largely just because you did go full-time creator and you are doing Ooh. you know like there's no question mark there um i don't think either of us will ever be satisfied with our output because that's just not really in our bones it's the reason we worked at it in the first place yeah but there is a, uh, 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 I'd say your comfort as a performer is like very, I, 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 I would say that you have, and you're saying this was not fully the case at the time, a brand and a like persona that you are more comfortable and proud of now. 
Yeah, I think I agree I, on yeah, the earnestness thing. That I, yeah. Odd, oddly enough, I'm, I don't know if this is your thing as well. I feel like I shifted, I overcorrected for for that. Where I was again, I'm the cynic. I'm the I don't right. like stuff in in college, and right. then moved to San Francisco and more chiefly, like immediately into Patreon, where that kind of tone and kindness was emphasized in like the culture in person and online. And I yeah. think I almost overcorrected where I went like, oh, that's the kind of behavior that's now approved and rewarded. Man, it makes me feel a lot better. I feel a lot less shitty, but I'm right. really leaning into it. And it's really, yeah. My, my, yeah. And, and you kind of just have to level out. Yeah. It's interesting. I, yeah. Leveling out, I think is how I, how I feel. How I feel What's now. the biggest difference you see in yourself? Uh, Less as a creator, just more personally since then. Um, I just think I'm more jaded. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think that comes with, like, being older. But, like, I'm also still optimistic. Like, I've always been a- an optimist. Like, I'm, like, a pessimist microscopically and an optimist macroscopically, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think just more... In some ways more confident and in other ways more reserved or like taking fewer risks because even though and this is something that i do admire about who i was you know five years ago is that i at the very least was like putting myself out there and i think that now that i do have a bit of a brand there's some fear in trying new things or trying to find like i've been thinking about like i've wanted to do stuff on tiktok and for a while and i've wanted to like get back to sketch stuff mm-hmm. but i haven't figured out a way to do it that doesn't make me like cringe <laughs> and <laughs> and the part of the reason is because all of my experience <clears throat> in doing that stuff was kind of in a character version of myself that makes me cringe now so i feel like i'm channeling that older version because it's like that's what's in the tool belt and so i I, what i really need to do is just experiment with stuff but i also which is harder with a platform that yeah which is hard which is hard with the platform and also i just don't know if i can like that experiment experimenting with stuff is also extends to things like maybe i do a video more deadpan you know what i mean or more like where I don't laugh at everything I say. And I genuinely do laugh as like a reflex. And and that is something that I don't dislike about myself, but I also want to feel in control where I'm like, I want to choose to be one way or the other way. And so I think if there's any lesson to take from the past, it's to continue looking at things through the eyes of a beginner, um, sort of with an open, seeing things as, as just full of opportunity and with a completely open mind. Because the last thing I want to do is kind of pigeonhole myself by virtue of just like leaning into my comfort areas. Sure, yeah. Yeah, it's a funny thought to think about. I, I think it's really, really appealing when you're a kid. And I think this is like the source of Fedora guys. Where there's something, because, you know, like comfort, at least 
what you assume comfort comes from is experience, right? Like, I'm I'm happy driving on the road because I had all my lessons. You know, right. I'm, 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 I like what I eat because I've cooked lots and I've eaten, you know, it, the, the comfort comes from experience and comes from, I guess that that's the distinction between intellect and wisdom. Right. I, I think the fedora guy or the, the, um, presenting as like a, a gentleman a lot of the times and, and I guess other ways of expressing Michaela. <laughs> Michaela. <laughs> uh, I think largely comes from wanting to present experience. And I think there's a lot of ways to do that. I just think that's like specifically where for, because for a long time, I'm like, why? Like independent of culture, independent of like, even before online was like super duper ubiquitous. Why did every guy I know, including myself, get tempted to start being the fedora guy? <laughs> I'm going to wear a tie to school. Like what, where, how is that happening? Like, what is <laughs> yeah, going yeah, on? Yeah. And it's because it's like, it's a performance of experience and it lets you skip the painful part of experience and the boring part of experience, which is just waiting for years and years and years to like actually have it. Um, which it, it's literally dressing for the job you want. I want to do yeah. Or same goes for being a cynic as like, I'm dressing for the job I want of a jaded, experienced guy in his thirties. Right. Yeah. I want to be that, or I want to be. I'm I'm gonna try smoking because I want to be a guy that smokes, not because I like it now. Right, right. And that's that that is always cringy to look back on because if I see somebody doing that now, it's also cringy because it's insincere or it's at least like yeah, uh, it, you 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 can see the strings, and once you're able to see the strings, it's like hey, brother, it's not helping you, it's not helping me. It's why it's hard to look at inceldom and stuff like that, where mm -hmm. I might not have presented it the same way, but I understand the instinct that that behavior is coming from. And so it makes me cringe because it makes me look back on myself and think, wow, right. my brain really just doesn't work at all till like 27. Yeah, you saw the fork in the road and you took, you took the left, you know, but you could see the all right yeah. path or whatever. <laughs> um, I was going to say, you should also, I do also want to give space for experimentation because it is hard to know what you like without trying things out. Like, for example, I started, you know, accessorizing more the past couple of months and I kind of felt like a goofy cosplayer, <laughs> you know, for like a while. And I think part of that is just experimenting with things that you like, you know, or excuse me, experimenting with things. There is a period of, there's an awkward middle stage, I think, where it's like, am I just doing this performatively or am I doing this because I genuinely like it? Sometimes you have to try to know. Um, and so I do want to like give, give space for that, especially as... I'm thinking about, you know, you got tattoos. I've started accessorizing. I'm thinking about tattoos and things like that where I'm like, do I just want to be the guy with tattoos or do I want to like, am I going to genuinely like feel like I'm expressing myself, enjoying myself? Or is it just an aesthetic? And also I think it's okay and valid for it just to be an aesthetic and just to like it. You know, it's like Adam Levine has like a California written on his chest. And it's <laughs> like, I don't know if that he gave that much thought. I'd say he remembers how to spell it. He should have it backwards so he can see it in the mirror. Yeah. Uh, well, he uses uh, the so he can remember how to. <laughs> he needs to know how to spell it so he can send it in a text. Like, man, yeah. you're hotter than California. You're out of the... Fuck! I, I need to see the booty of California. Freaking hell! 
Yeah. Goodness. <laughs> I, I will it. say, I will say though, um, he obviously was in the wrong because he has a wife and kids. Uh, checks themselves. But I will say that I've sent a, a cringy, I have oh. sent and will probably continue to send cringy sexed type things. It's, you know? it's a very hard thing to phrase. Because it's also like, like if say you're in person, you're making out with someone, and then you just stop for a second and go, yep, that's, oh, that's what I like to see. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, or there's even, no good way to do it. Even it's if like, you're commenting on a friend's photo or something, you can be like, fucking go off, king, hell yes. Yeah. Whereas if somebody sent you like a sexy pic, and you go like, that's great. <laughs> yeah, You're doing yeah, you a go. really good job with the lighting. What is, dude, that's, I've done that before where I didn't know somebody was flirting with me. And they sent me like, <laughs> oh, they sent me like a nice picture of them, but it wasn't like explicitly, like I learned later that it was an intent to flirt. It was with intent to flirt. Right. But I wasn't, I didn't know what the boundaries were. So I didn't want to comment on, <laughs> I didn't want to comment on the action. I didn't want to make a move. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was just like, that's a great photo. <laughs> so, which, which Five I stars. Which I stand by. Which I stand by, you know? Because it's like. Sending back a it, photo of you like this? Yeah. I could have very easily misread the situation and then yeah. made that person uncomfortable, right? So I, I, I usually err on the side Better of. Better to um, go too light than too heavy. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I wanted, I wanted to do something that I could, like, not. Like, I, I'm happy to cringe because it's like. In, in that way than to cringe going the like other way you know what i mean yeah, but exactly. when when like two consenting parties are like it's sexting time or like which is what <laughs> which is what you do it's like there's a whole well, yeah i turn my cat backwards yeah yeah, yeah. it's um, time to sext there's a magical girl like transformation season <laughs> yeah me spinning around but it <laughs> yeah. just takes off my shirt yeah you have a <laughs> it's like uh you get a bottle of lotion um, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Closing the curtains in a montage. Yeah. Mm. Welcome to Sad <laughs> yeah, Boys Nights. Montage, you're like, this, this isn't actually from my own personal experience, but I don't want to give details of my own personal experience because that's more vulnerable than I want to be. <laughs> yeah. But I'm imagining because like people make I don't. So, for example, I'll, I'll be I'll be completely honest. I do not have a cum sock. But that is a thing yeah. that people have. So I was imagining like a, Your Honor. Uh, a montage of somebody going under their bed and like looking for their D like, like digging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where moving is a it? like shoebox out of the way. Yeah. Um But yeah, so when when two consenting parties are like it's sexting time, you definitely send cringy stuff. Right? Sure, like because yeah. there's no even if you were to take what people say in bed, like during, you know, the act, uh you know, that shit out of context is is cringy. It's a whole like energy matching exercise where you're just like very, you know, vulnerable with each other, but it's like cool because you're sharing that experience. And so you can kind oh, yeah. of go, you can really just like say weird, not weird, weird stuff, you know? But there is that thing of like, like, ooh, baby <laughs> is not a thing that in most contexts is going to be considered hot but given and, the yeah, right talk about having to experiment with something like throw it out and then just like oh. let it sit for a second and be but like that's the thing just too fucking don't even worry that, about it that's the thing too like uh you know it's the trial and error so you know if there if there i guess there are younger people listening to this sometimes you try stuff out and, and it doesn't go and you and you have to keep 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 it moving it's okay yeah. 
you know, like, um, and you can acknowledge it. That's, I mean, the, the best, like groupings, partnerships or whatever. And I'm, I'm using that phrase cause I'm even applying to like people that are ace, for example, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where it is. Cause sex is the funniest thing in the world. Like it yeah, just truly exactly. is like, like, and I've had it and I know where it goes and I know how to do it and I'm not confused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But don't even worry about it. And so I know I wasn't how to concerned, like. But you seem to be I, overcompensating. You're kind of dressing no, well, no, for I'm, the job you want, so to speak. Well, no, I'm saying that there's no reason to be uh-huh. concerned because I'm not that. Is what I'm saying, and it's weird that you keep bringing it up. Actually, oh right, yeah. Uh, but there is like, for people, maybe that are because there's two versions of what you said about going too far or saying too far back, right? Which is always err on the side of caution and don't uh, yeah as you say don't assume that the barista's flirting with you because they said your name in a nice way yeah right like uh they didn't say your name wrong at the starbucks so they yeah, must yeah, yeah. be interested um right yeah, writing your number on your coffee and giving it back <laughs> 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 full uh but yeah there's like that's one side of it and then on the side of i'm sure for a lot of people the question is well then how do i move it forward it's just saying it out loud it's just saying it's completely okay to say like, hey, is this okay? Is, yeah. Am I misreading this thing? Am I doing so-and-so? And good partnerships, good sex, if that's a component of that, always come from communication and understanding and, like, and clarity, right? Yeah. And one of the things that can be really funny about that is when you have a, like, a good communicative relationship, you get to call yourself and the other person out on silly stuff. Like not, yeah. not to make them insecure, but you know your sense of, uh, sense of humor and it is funny, it, like somebody sends you a text and you do, you copy paste an Adam Levine response. You mm-hmm. both know what that is and you just think that's funny. Right. You say, or you send back like, homina, homina, awooga. <laughs> yeah, right, like, exactly. That, that can be fun and silly, but if you don't communicate and understand the, uh, the tenor of what is fun and silly for you, somebody sends you a picture and you just say something like sarcastic, then you yeah. might just make that person feel bad. Right. I um yeah and throwing I think out experimenting is hard right like experiment is hard and it's vulnerable I well because yeah I've been I've How, been what's up babe oh no literally and, like waiting and like lo, no but like I've been uh you know experiencing what is clinically known as sexy times I think mm-hmm, true. and, and so I've like I, I had it, which I've done before so many <laughs> times actually um can't even keep track of how many sexy times I've had. <laughs> Sure, you, and yeah, and like during the sexy times, I I think I threw out a babe, yeah, you know, it it and then just in the heat of the moment, and then they're like, oh, don't like that, and I was like, okay, me <laughs> neither actually. Did I it's say crazy? I thought you, did I, I say was, babe? I meant madam. <laughs> Dude, can I tell you something really fucking? This is like I'm gonna switch to the least sexy anecdote of all time. Mm, mm. But I was because uh, what I said was the sexiest anecdote. It was of all cool. Time. Is what I was yeah. thinking. <laughs> uh, I was, <laughs> I was playing playing uh, COD four. <laughs> Wait, you said this a, wasn't sexy. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. well, slow down. Hold now. on, I need to turn on the AC. Yeah. <laughs> Can we Austin cut this part out? Because <laughs> yeah, we both come back and just tanked off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gee whiz. Uh, I don't. <laughs> I was playing with my friend. Um, who I won't name because at one point he did steal money from my family. But we were <laughs> playing Modern Warfare 2, the original Modern Warfare 2, which, as many people know, has an especially sexy mode, sexy in a fun, cool gamer way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can say that. I'm a gamer. I'm allowed to use the word. Right. Uh, the, uh, the word gamer speckles. or the word sexy? Both, actually. The They're synonymous. Only gamer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in that case. 
Uh, I'm allowed, yeah, sexy. I'm allowed to use that word because I am sexy. <laughs> yeah, I'm cool, actually. Uh, and I have done it. I don't even, yeah, it's cool, good. And I know what kissing is. There is me and, me and my friend, whose name I won't say, it was Steve. We were playing Spec Ops, which is like a series of uh, scored mission types, PVE, so co-op against bots. Yeah. And we were stealthing. <laughs> sucks. We were <laughs> We were stealthing through a mission, and this before I like I guess before any like major sexual experience on my part. So it is now only that I'm realizing how in a way tight this is. It said, "This is so much more embarrassing than anything sexual." I was in front of. I was like moving forward and being stealthy, and I said, "I went." Uh, yeah, um, I'm, uh, uh, on my six. <laughs> they tried to use, like, cool military slang. <laughs> and, like, at, like, uh, at 11 o'clock and stuff yeah, like that. And that's he funny. just roasted. Like, I didn't get away with it for a millisecond. That's funny. And it was right. It was the, like, you know, the appropriate kind of bullying. <laughs> and I remember <laughs> it, my response to that, to try and get out of it, and I don't even know what the plan was. I said, oh, no, I said, on my sex. <laughs> like, oh, okay. It was like a weird pun, so it's not embarrassing to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was rough. That stayed with me. I don't even remember. I don't remember. That's a not even that bad. Name. But that's one of those things where, like, you know, if somebody roasts you for it, then you're oh. like, oh, guess I can't get close to that. It's, it's because I remember. I so vividly remember knowing it was a gamble. Oh yeah. I, re I, I remember going like, "This is. A, I need snake eyes." Isn't that the worst when you just like throw something out there? Like I will sometimes. Like I feel that way about the N word sometimes because I. You know, I'm comfortable using the N-word, but sometimes when I'm with black people, I... What's my get, rank? Yeah. I, yeah, I get imposter <laughs> syndrome. Yeah. Um, and then... and then Pulling up one of those uh, paint palettes and, like, counting along. <laughs> being like, am I number five, number six? When am I allowed to... Yeah, like, I've definitely, like, given... I think I've, like, <laughs> abandoned ship halfway... <laughs> of like some somebody somebody told me a situation and I was like nigga what <laughs> or something like where <laughs> negro the I was like that's okay, okay right that's all right to say I am I like check the you know or even like I'll be uh like I've been with black friends who have like used like light skin in a derogatory but like playful way sure. where 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 you're like Ooh, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, it's a negotiation. I remember vaguely that there was, like, there's an episode we did with Erica, like, mm -hmm. uh, in, in the late 80s or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Going. Yeah. The Reagan administration, I it, believe. It, I feel like that would make more, more sense to be the era where I had an afro, but <laughs> that wasn't. <laughs> yeah. We're kind of aging uh, backwards like Benjamin Button. Man, people think they are just crushing it when they DM me. You've got, like, a 70s porn mustache. It's like you know I oh, dude, that's chose crazy. to do this. That's no, dude. <laughs> I will overwhelmingly positive feedback, but every now and then, if I get you know get into it with uh, Iggy Azalea Stan accounts or whatever, <laughs> right? The, or they just get into it with me, and I'm like the uh, <laughs> more I'm like <laughs> Jordan a dick. <laughs> yeah, I'm like that uh, that cat sat at the table meme. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
<laughs> I feel like a me. lot of those are like, sorry, it's my first time making a joke online. Or like, sorry, For it's sure, my first yeah. time making a pun. It's, well, it's making that pun and then replying to it underneath, saying like, I'll just leave this here. Erm, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'll be here all night. You know, the kind of just like any insurance against somebody making fun of you. Um, like, I, it's like those Twitter replies where they'll say, um, well, in that case, and then yeah. it'll be spoilers, and then you click to reveal the spoiler, and it's like a, a well inside of a briefcase or something, you know, and it's like, dude, you it's fucking every time. It. Uh, it's such a specific it's such a specific like uh i see so many of them on like a ksi or a mr beast post yeah 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 like it's always just like well there enough tractions here that i'm hitting them with this image and it's 40 of them in a row and mm -hmm. hey man they said it, it's like a big if true and it's a giant if true like <laughs> hollywood sign or something it's yeah so, it's really cool I and mean, then obviously yeah. you've got to be the cool bad boy counter culture kind of guy to reply like uh uh, spoilers, and then it opens. It's like this isn't funny. You're stupid for posting this. Oh yeah, you uh, you post lame. you post spoilers, but it's actually just an image of the spoilers thing. Yeah, you try hitting like you show baited them. Yeah, God, you just got scammer got scammed. That's that's something I would tweet. <laughs> what is like? Uh, oh, actually, this is a good question. Since we're basking in some cringe, uh, a twinge of cringe, if you will. See, I can do it too. <laughs> um, nice. What is your uh, cringy sense of humor, like like a portion of your sense of humor, a type of joke you would make that looking back on it now was just like pretty, pretty shameful. Not even 2017, 2010, I, whatever. I mean, I wouldn't even call it shameful, but just the amount that I used to quote Family Guy. <laughs> yeah, that's um, true. Or, like, I mean, back when I was, what is this, like middle school? Um, I don't even know. I actually think that. When I listen back to the random podcast, the podcast that Russell and I had when I was 14, you I'm, like, I I'm like, these jokes are, I mean, like, there's a lot of swings and misses, but like, in the shape of the sense of humor is not bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm like, it's not miles away. Yeah. There's like a part where I like do a Snoop Dogg impersonation um, about him, like getting high and not performing at a concert. And I'm like, honestly, this still hits. <laughs> this is like, yeah. <laughs> this, bangs. Th this would play in 2022. Yeah. There's like, um, it's also not it, it, the nuances of things we don't like about it are never at the time or in the future when we look back on it and wince a little bit. Cause I'm just, you know, I'm sure there's episodes of sad boys where it even spot pieces that from early episodes where it, I don't identify with it anymore, and it's something that I've like shared. Yeah. Uh, oh wait, I, but to, I'm sure I could look back on that and still. Yeah. To like, answer your question, though, it's like uh, to be honest, the stuff that was like um, casual transphobia and stuff that mm -hmm. yeah. you know, as a young person, you just aren't like I just wasn't aware of the context or the history behind the like Lady Gaga has a penis type jokes sure. and and um. The attack helicopter stuff was like when that started. I was so young that I didn't understand what the joke was. You know, I I thought that I thought that the phrase attack helicopter was funny. That's all I got out of that. You know what it's I mean? A, I mean, it's a funny vehicle. What can I say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but that kind of stuff. Uh, I can't. Yeah, no, blame back. myself too much for being a product of the culture, but it doesn't make it right. You know what I mean? Well, all I know is that okay. neither of us at any point have want, uh, like, as a, a general rule, enjoy hurting people, right? That's yeah. Not, 
the default. And so, All I know and, is it's usually well-intentioned. And so, yeah, as you learn more about, or just like taking risks with jokes that, you know, like when I was in middle school, I'm not going to name any names, but like. Put the name Steve. But, <laughs> but like Jewish friends would make jokes about Hitler or something sure. like that. Or there, or there would be like, or Holocaust jokes were a thing that like middle schoolers would make. I remember vividly. And I had to like learn when I was like 12 or 13 or whatever, that I'm not allowed to make those jokes. You know what I mean? Sure. And, um, or the other types of things, uh, would be, would be the types of jokes that were sort of for a white audience, like making sort of racial jokes at my own expense for a white audience. So like playing, playing that up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but wait, no, we found it. That's like, that is the comedy component of my teen years that I regret the most. Upwards yeah. to like, I don't know, like 20, maybe not much after that. I I, it was definitely never my part of my personality after I moved. I thought you said 2020. I was like, Jordan, that was yesterday. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was I mean, it cracked me yeah. up. Yeah. And you were like, uh, fried chicken and uh, grape soda. That's <laughs> ding. Which is even like less, it, it was even more uh, insincere and artificial because I'm, I didn't grow up in America. So yeah. even the, the, like, the, the parody at play just didn't apply at all. But mm -hmm. the, you know, I would do an African-American accent. Quote, oh, yeah. Like as a joke. And the joke, of course, was just that I only knew white people. Yeah. That I couldn't find anyone else where I'm from. And the joke was, hey, I'm pointing out the exclusion, A, before you can, and mm -hmm. B, it's, easy, it's like an easy dub. It's like an easy win. It would be my default right. amongst people I wasn't familiar with. Yeah, you're like one of the edgier, good ones right? or whatever. You don't yeah. even know me, but you're saying like, well, it, like the joke would be they say, uh, they, they just say hi. And I'm like, what, because I'm black? You, have to, you had to say hi to me? It's just like a, it's a shortcut to mm -hmm. being different, being challenging. Part of yeah. it was insecurity, part of it was like, I'm doing this before anybody else can. But the other part was, I want to be the funny guy, and it works. Oh, yeah. I want yeah. to be the family I mean, guy. Yeah, you, you're pressing buttons, and you're like, what button makes people laugh? And you're like, okay, I'll sure. keep pressing this one. Yeah, square um, peg, square hole, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, as long as I'm winning. And I think that one thing that's changed it, over the years is, like, I've matured as a human, is just like, uh, who's laughing and why, you know? And I sure. think that that's, like, what I've cared about a lot more, right? And what's the source of people that aren't laughing? Like, mm -hmm. if I get a negative comment and I'm just... I'm, at, at one point in my life, I do feel kind of thankful that I've only ever established any kind of platform as somebody in their late 20s. Yeah. Because there are types of feedback and areas of my comedy or personality that I've been self-conscious about that I've either grown out of or realized I shouldn't be self-conscious about. And I have the experiences to tell me that I just absolutely axiomatically shouldn't be and that there's no point in dwelling on it. Right. And so if I'm in a relatively good mood and somebody points something out about the way that I look or the, the type of joke that I'm enjoying or my performance in general, it's now very, very easy to go, no, I'm sick. Yeah. No, I'm the best. Are you crazy? Like I'm, what what are you going on about? And yeah, yeah. You know, I've I've had enough positive, healthy relationships to if somebody says you're ugly, I just go like, well, 
I mean, I'm 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 not ugly enough. <laughs> things that are like, yeah, or like, yeah. or I'm being rude or mean or like, or also to understand that anybody that's calling somebody else ugly is doing it from such a sinister place that it's yeah, really not yeah, somebody yeah. you should value right. the opinion of. Or yeah, it's just like there's there's defaults that you can you can hop to, um, right? And not that that like, if somebody does consider themselves unattractive, that well then the, the feedback is actually valid. It's just, you you get to know a certain type of person, and when I hear that kind of rhetoric from somebody online, and I've met people like that in real life, I can see them behind the keyboard, and it just robs them of like any kind of damage. Yeah, I agree with I agree with that. Um, yeah, it's it's I'm also very grateful to kind of mostly have established an online presence after being a person who's like kind of lived in the real world <laughs> yeah. um and that's not a slight against anyone who hasn't had my experience but just the way my brain works i would have personally been broken <laughs> if i yeah. had, if i had been a you know um like uh there's a part of me that's like oh you know i could have very easily a few things could have been different and i could have started uploading um on youtube at like 14 like yeah. like consistently and i had like th probably the skill set you know to like make something happen um maybe maybe this is being a little bit too like big headed but i as i think since i've made it as a youtuber now i think that like there's some you know i, I <laughs> what you're saying i could have uploaded videos <laughs> yeah i'm saying i, I could have uploaded true. videos and i think that like as a young kid also like you know it's like i was a funny kid and and I think I probably could have like found some audience, but I think that would have like fundamentally broken me. And it, yeah, it, well, it wasn't... you being an industry plant helps, obviously. That's true. Um, that is true. And on that note, let's switch topics. Um, <laughs> so, so I don't know. Like, I I literally have done no research into this. I've just seen two tweets. Um, have you heard about this dream face reveal that's happening? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just saw Carl Jacobs and Anthony Padilla like FaceTiming with Dream. And is that like a thing? Is he, is he about to reveal his face? Is that what's about to happen? Yeah, I thought that's what uh, the point of the mask is. He was, he's masking off. Fuck, dude. Uh, what? He's going mask off. No, I mean, I was, I, I, I've never been DM'd a single tweet more because the mask song is the most consistent meme on my stream oh right yeah yeah uh it's like uh that's what the mask is is i think my follow alert so it's <laughs> just it's become like a really it, they hit me up the wolf pack and dream are pretty essential parts of my brand so he's really Awuga. really fucking me up by removing that mask that mask is pretty essential to my bag dream, um i'm i'm everybody just keeps i almost feel like like i'm sure that dream is handsome but everybody keeps talking about how handsome he is and i can't help but think it's because of that one time that there was a fake leak and people mm -hmm. body shamed a random person. <laughs> like, just a kid. Just like a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that feels like people need to get ahead of the the ugly allegations or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, hey, hey, everybody, I wasn't hiding my face because I wasn't hot, all right? Yeah, that's um, a bummer. And the same thing that they did to Corpse, actually. I was going to say, yeah. Which is um, uh, an odd... I don't, I mean, I know face reveal has been a thing for a long time, but it does feel like an especially, if you're in the gaming community in particular, as opposed to like, uh, uh, you know, there are um, plenty of movie reviewers, video essayists, 
people that I guess creators identify with a lot less or bank yeah. a lot less on their personality and things. Right. Like iPatch Wolf didn't do anything in person on camera for like three years, four years. And he is he a beautiful man. <laughs> he's handsome and shredded. <laughs> yeah. That's, how, why, how and why? Yeah, <laughs> this fucked, is actually yeah. not allowed. What the hell? It is jacked up. I was, I was pissed. I was mad. I remember it was the dead of the summer in LA. I was hot and sweaty and felt disgusting. And then he comes on my street. It comes on my, uh, my TV. I was watching a video of his where I didn't know if he, I didn't know that he had already done an update reveal. And I think he did a video about um, fake psychics or something like that. And I was like, is that him? Like, I was yeah. like, what? <laughs> I, be I believe that is maybe his first one or it's the martial arts one where he's like in a nice dress Oh, shirt. the martial arts one too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, or like a Henry okay. Or something. So this is something I need to talk about. Now that we're talking about video essays and people who don't show their face. So Summoning Salt, mm -hmm. one, of, one of my favorite creators on YouTube. He makes speedrunning documentaries telling the story of how small speedrunning communities overcome the challenges of a game, break it down into a million pieces, and then sort of compete for, for, top, for top rung of the, the speedrunning leaderboards. So, Summoning Salt puts out a video about Mega Man 2 speedrunning. It's an hour long. It's the, it's the traditional Summoning Salt fair where it is a great video about something that, you know, uh, if you ask me do, what I, am I, do I know anything about Mega Man 2? Do I care anything about Mega Man 2? I say no, but you show me that video thumbnail and I'm like, yeah, please tell me more. I will watch for an King. hour. Yeah, exactly. I and, would love to learn about Donkey Kong Country. Yeah, please. <laughs> and um, so he puts this video out. Uh, it gets a million views because he's, you know, killing it. And then about four days in, the video gets age restricted. A speedrunning documentary about Mega Man 2 <laughs> got age restricted, 18 and up. So it kills the video's performance. This is a creator who we know video essayists and people who cannot produce content frequently on the platform and uh, to the point where like AdSense is like a like some creators have a business model where they can only post a couple of videos a year. Mm -hmm. And I, Summoning Salt is one of them. I think when he, he's full time now and he was saying, you know, it's like, I think maybe I'm going to get like eight videos out this year or something like that, where that would not be a sustainable full time income. Yeah, but I, I it's, it's with one of them. Yeah, it, but it's, it's important. Like and then he also supplements with Patreon and stuff. But the point of that is age-restricting one of the videos is a big deal, especially because this is something that his content is not explicit. The reason that it was allegedly... So he tweeted about this. Then YouTube was like... Or he appealed it, but everyone knows that when you appeal on YouTube, they say it's revealed by a real person, but that you know that's got to be something... Sure. There's got to be something up there because... He appealed it, and in 45 minutes, they had reviewed the, like, hour-long video. So they were, like, watching it back at, like, double speed or something like that, or they weren't watching it back at all, or they were looking Captions at a transcript, only. or, yeah, 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 or they just were flipping a coin, who knows? They manually reviewed and confirmed that it needed to be age-restricted. And then he did what all creators do, which is complain on Twitter, because it's the only way yep. 
to reasonably get a response out of YouTube. And we all hate that this is a fact, but it is. If you even indirect YouTube, if you say like, hey, YouTube kind of sucks right now, Team YouTube is gonna show up in your replies. Hey, thanks for, thanks for mentioning us. Uh, is there anything we can do to help? Because they've got like a, a crack team of people in on a Salesforce somewhere that's all connected to that goddamn Twitter account. Yeah. And they, uh, and they have, you know, super searches to, to get every single, you know, they, I mean, yeah, they prioritize brand repair in the public sector. Like they, yeah. they because the oh, conversation is happening publicly, you oh, need to perform. people can see it. <laughs> it's like, Hey, we should hang out sometime. And then they never turn up to the coffee. Yeah, exactly. So, YouTube shows up and they're like, oh, actually, this is confirmed. This video needs to be age-restricted. By the way, I sh it's important to mention, the, the video over an hour has 19 curse words in it, which is not many curse words. I'm sure we've probably already said more curse words than that in this episode of Sad Boys, uh, which probably will be monetized. I even said the N-word. So mm -hmm. let's find out, you know? Um, I'm about ready to say the, uh, cr oh, that was close. Oh, yeah. Whew. <laughs> it almost flew right out of your mouth. You can tell Goodness. you say it in private. Um, so yeah, when I play uh, PUBG, yeah, so he obviously replies and it's like, this isn't an explicit video. Um, what they think is that there's a clip of somebody stream when they like break a world record where they say the F word, um, six times in like three seconds or something like that, or nine times in three seconds. But other than that, there's nothing like explicit about the video it's just like it almost seems like they have an, an algorithm that's like detecting the density if they're at any point in the video there's a high density of curse words above a certain threshold then it needs to be age restricted that's kind of what it feels like but anyway he complained um and then they were like no actually this is for real and then and then he continued to complain and the community's jumping in and going hey this is fucked up and then um YouTube is like, hey, our bad. We messed up. We've lifted the age restriction. Then a few days go by. The video doesn't... The, the issue with the age restriction also is it kills its virality. It kills its yeah. growth and suggested. So... Not to mention robs it of the revenue it would have been making. Exactly. It, there's, no, there's no takesies, backsies on that kind of thing. So... A few days go by. Then he gets another email saying it's been age restricted again. <laughs> And then they said, no, for real, this time we've reviewed it again. What is this, a third time? And they're like, actually, no, it needs to be age-restricted. This Mega Man 2 gameplay is just too dirty. It's too... Meanwhile, you know, this is the platform that let InfoWars thrive for yeah. years on it. That continues to let, like, actually harmful rhetoric and actually high profanity-laden content like run rampant on the platform. And I'm not saying that profanity-laden content is a problem inherently, but it is so clear to anyone with a brain that this is not offending content. This is not offensive content. There shouldn't be any issue. I haven't been demonetized or age-restricted. I think I've been age-restricted one time in the five years I've been making YouTube videos. And it was a, and I, re, I uh, appealed it and I think it went through. No, I think the only time we've been age restricted was on our black, white uh, episode one reaction. <laughs> uh, and our, our Shane video on the Sad Boys channel. 
Oh yeah, the shade video. The okay, so time. which so fucking sting is because that was a popular video. Well, these are things that, at the very least, there's an argument for it because there's extremely sensitive content being um, discussed and sensitive yep. details. Um, it is not just someone saying the f word a few times in a video game, um, which also is. Uh, so, for people who don't know, the workflow, especially on a video this big that is so heavily planned ahead. That video has gone up in multiple like versions of that video have been uploaded yes. to YouTube Studio unlisted or private yes. with YouTube having full access to it to review. And I'm not saying that YouTube should be or even could manually review every single upload, even from significant creators, like immediately. Right. Yeah. But they have uh their scraping algorithm, which checks for the generic stuff like swears within the first 30 seconds, yeah. copyrighted content and the like. Like Does. YouTube generates at the in the most simplest of senses, for every upload, YouTube is doing um, speech to text on that, getting the text captions of it or what it understands, running processes on that, and seeing like is there dangerous content in this? And they, is, I mean, is the guess that it just got flagged by viewers? What's the no one? Uh, no, it's like it keeps being confirmed by manual review, quote unquote. Um, and so this is a real problem on YouTube, especially because like you said, these are the types of videos that creators make a draft of and they upload to see if it gets flagged. And then there's no why issue. Why would you risk this? Because why would you? Everything yeah. you can. Right. And then YouTube also doesn't give us any tools for amending the situation. If it was like, hey, this is age restricted because of these few seconds in this part. 99% of creators would say, oh, trim out the part. Obviously, mm -hmm. yeah. this is not like the point. The, the, this is not the point of the content is to be like salacious or like to be um, vulgar. It's just something that was so innocuous that they didn't even consider the creator didn't even consider that it would be a problem or automatically mute like Twitch fods are. Or just automatically Which you mute. can appeal to if it's wrong, but at in, least uh, temporarily you aren't like getting some In what revenue. universe would you go actually no revenue, no views for you over six seconds where you could just mute that by default and then no one hears the bad stuff? It's video, it's over video game footage. What like literally, yeah. I would much rather if YouTube was like muting a couple of seconds than age restricting the video. If, if, you, if you said... Hey, we're going to keep your video and recommendations, but like this 30 second clip has been muted. I'd be like, oh, fuck, I got to resolve that stat. But at least people are still seeing the video. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and like that, I think it's just it exposes a huge problem with YouTube system. And I understand how difficult the problem is, but that does not mean that we shouldn't hold these corporations accountable. YouTube is one of the is the largest website on the planet. Um, it, it is the, if not the second behind the Google search engine. And it is a trillion dollar like operation. It's like one of the most valuable companies to exist. And- uh, With the community support infrastructure of like sadboyspod.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we're as active <laughs> about resolving problems, which right, is right. not- <laughs> and it's like, and, and it, I understand like firsthand these problems at scale are very, very uh -huh. difficult to solve. The operational issues of support fielding that stuff. 
all very hard, but because of the profit motive, these companies are going to do everything they can to get away with less. They, they want to get away with as, as little as they can. You know what I mean? Because it, everything costs money. So Which it's they little, are. Yeah. Their and only they incentive are. to change would be losing the thing they care about most. And right. that is not creator approval because they're a monopoly. And that's why making a public stink on the on Twitter gets much more reaction than privately emailing your partner manager or privately emailing YouTube support because because there's now a PR risk. Sure. And and that's the only leverage that creators have against against the platform because we are so beholden to it. And it is such a monopoly and as Twitch gets into all of its dramas, it's becoming more and more an existential threat that like YouTube is just going to continue swallowing up markets and be the only game in town. And while I am grateful to YouTube and am grateful for what the platform has done for me, that doesn't mean that I can like stand idly by and kind of okay every decision it makes because that's not, you know, <laughs> that's not yeah, a good but, situation. <laughs> but we also know from career experience that these are like especially at this kind of scale very siloed teams there are people that like have as much influence over the like structural choices of youtube as we do yeah we there there are there are teams working their asses off that include features that we really like that essentially don't even work at the same youtube right i mean like it's just they might as well be outsourced also large company problems i mean i think that the other issue is that it's very hard for a large company on mass to understand the like kind of beating heart of a of a creator and the actual experiences that your average creator goes through and so we do have to be vocal and i think that i while companies like youtube do make an effort to reach out to creators and and you know do research with them and embed themselves with the creators and understand their workflows i think that there's always more work that can be done there because until we don't see these issues of very obviously unproblematic content being flagged and very problematic content running off scot-free, you know, like, or even just focusing on unproblematic content getting flagged. Like, like as long as that continues to happen, we have to be the squeaky wheel because that's how we will get the grease. So, And and, uh, more often than not, it's it's actually really interesting to me how much YouTube is banked on creators as their brand. It, like mm. it, it, the idea that somebody that's logged into the I don't know like uh, Jimmy Fallon YouTube account is getting that same little slideshow at the bottom right of YouTube <laughs> yeah. Studio saying like best ways to optimize your thumbnails. Yeah, creators, yeah. what's going on? Time for the wrap up from the week. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we tweaked how analytics works in a way that like the media manager for Jimmy Fallon could give one shit about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so funny that that like functions the exact same way when profit motive wise, feature set wise, uh, community support wise, or like internal support wise, that is the priority by far. YouTube would let 50% of the commentary community drown before they would step on a a Fallon submission even once. Yeah. Because it 
that that covers the same amount of viewership and is less complicated. Yeah. I don't think <laughs> I I do see sometimes I I mean feel free to share if you think this is wrong. I can't help but laugh when people uh, sad laugh, single tear laugh when people are saying like all right, time time to switch to Vimeo or like time to shift platforms. Oh yeah. We are no. so far beyond that being an option. People don't understand the stranglehold that YouTube has and don't understand. People people think that YouTube can quote unquote fail in the traditional sense and I believe that it is too big to fail. Um, Absolutely. Like and it has it's it's like Facebook failing. It's like no one uses Facebook that you know and yet it still yes. is producing billions of dollars in revenue. <laughs> what is going on? Yeah. Most YouTube users don't know about commentary. They yeah. don't even know the genre. Like it's, and, yeah. and I'm talking peak. Like M most I mean, YouTube users have never heard of you, Curtis, Danny, Drew, Cody, <laughs> Noel, yeah, ever. Yeah, because no. it just is not important. They're not logged in. Yeah, they don't have. They've never left a comment or even logged into the website, and they see and they watch ten thousand hours a month. Yeah, 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 like yeah, it is yeah. their number one like entertainment platform. Right, but right, they're just right. not watching that. They're getting linked from Facebook, right. which they also use all the time. Yeah, and so it's just like the. I think the the hyper online community is often like I don't understand how these companies can stay and keep their doors open if everyone hates them, and it's like because you exist in a bubble of the point zero 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 one percent of people who have this dialogue online um but the average person in the yeah. real world hasn't given two thoughts about this ever in their lives and they just they're just consume because because that's what these platforms the only reason i care about this stuff is because i worked in the space i work in the space i've worked in the space from a professional context but there's no reason that the average person that you interact with on a day-to-day -day basis needs to give a shit about like how the youtube platform is treating creators because it's it's, you know, in some ways it could be like workplace drama, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. the, you know, the union for actors is, you know, has really good COVID, COVID safety or something. That's like, so, like, and, and no one else does. And we need more, we need yeah. more unions. And these, it's like, everybody's in their own little, like bubble, you know? Yeah. Like how many people that watch movies cared about the SAG after drama? Yeah. No one at all. Yeah. <laughs> no, they never even heard about it. Right. Why the right, hell would right. they? But we could like we we have friends that I'm sure if we never spoke to anybody outside of those friend groups, we would think it's like Vietnam. The mo yeah, the most important <laughs> issue. Yeah, and that's I mean that's just how it goes. And so, you know, uh, so we're doing our part here to to whip up uh, awareness of of a what we see as a YouTube shortcoming in support yeah. of uh, Summoning Salt, who I think is an awesome creator and doesn't deserve this treatment from well, the platform. It, and like, yeah, case in point, what's the one thing that Summoning Cell can't afford to do is stop uploading to YouTube. Yeah. That's the one. The one thing that's worse than getting demonetized is getting demonetized and not uploading because then they aren't even generating their Patreon revenue. And that's and such not even an, getting the chance to make ad revenue. And that's such an unrealistic ask of people where it's like, um, let's do an Instagram blackout. Like, let's nobody post yeah. on Instagram today and let's really show them the power that we have. And it's like, I, this is just Man, like that really not, silenced 0.4% of the user base. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, yeah, they're like, think, is it 
quiet around here? Is it just me? Is it oh, a it's national not holiday quiet or something? at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's like yeah, it just it's like somebody in like Tokyo, like <laughs> the densest metropolitan place on the entire planet. Yeah, and then it's like uh, everybody with uh, size seven shoes doesn't go outside for a day. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Like, Whoa. It's a real ghost town, right? Yeah, they're like, oh, you just. There's, hmm, I see sixes, I see eights. No one's looking. No one's looking. No one noticed you were gone. <laughs> yeah. It's just, they just assume it's flu season or something. <laughs> okay. So, um, anyway, this has been destroyed. Yeah. Dude, epic, epic style. Epic pwned. Oh, I, I forgot. There's another thing I need to say. This is sad boys. It's just Uh-oh. me remembering things I wanted to share. Oh. Um, uh, oh, I was going to go to Taylor Lorenz, uh, who just tweeted. Who's responsible for the deep state, I think, Taylor Lorenz. Yeah, um, I heard about her starting that. The fellow millennial white women, what are you doing? 413 <laughs> months old, likes iced coffee. Oh, wait. Let me, um, let me do a little OBS real quick so that I can... Uh, I'm recording, too, if, it, if we don't care about quality. Oh, we don't care about quality. Okay, perfect. Um, uh, <laughs> this is absurd. Likes iced coffee. Sneak peek Thursdays, listening to We Don't Talk About Bruno Dislike, Dislikes, Dislikes Mondays. I can't. But the Dislikes Monday part really pushes this close to parody. Yeah. Like, it, that's, that's shocking. Wait. This looks like this a, is a, in a coffin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's multiple of these. Yeah, I'm confused. Is, is this a uh, obituary? <laughs> Love yeah. Mondays. Yeah, yeah she's dead. <laughs> Favorite adult beverage, Black Cherry Seltzer's. Can be found in the garden in her free time, six feet under. Actually, in the what garden. What happened to the uh, favorite adult? But why is that? Why is that in Times New Roman? Oh wait, no, I just realized. Yeah, wait, that's even wilder. That that last one didn't even have one of these. Like I don't know what to call them, like a chapel board. Yeah, this is just <laughs> photoshopped on. Sixty-nine inches, <laughs> two thousand four hundred ounces. Likes espresso shopping, sushi, reality TV, Botox. Wow. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm just praying. Oh. <laughs> this gosh. one, the perspective. Like kidnapped. The <laughs> the perspective of this one is truly incredible because it does look like this is a normal sized card and she's a very yeah, tiny baby. That's a huge bed. Yeah. What the hell? Where are they finding these? They shouldn't be giving that baby margaritas. This seems inappropriate. This is me. unreal. Love I'm sweets and margaritas. Still eating every two or three hours. Dude, I get it. But yeah, it's... Like a baby. Yeah. <laughs> you do have to feed a baby every two or three hours. This is unreal. Okay, she's not even... She's just lying down. Well, you yeah, know, I guess babies they, Babies aren't too. swaddled. Yeah, they got to stretch out. Yeah. Dairy makes me gassy. Hashtag relatable. Dude, millennials are not okay. Let me just say that. <laughs> it's remarkable. I really, really, really like what we've become. Um, what are so, we? We're on the light end of millennial. Millennials up through like mid forties. Yeah, 40s? yeah. I'm yeah. I'm I'm definitely millennial, but I'm on the earlier end of it. Um. Wait. on my screen. Is that on your screen? What the fuck? Um, I got into Survivor recently. Hell yeah. I'm like 20 fucking years late. Have you seen the season with Ken? No, I, I just saw... Oh, okay, wait. We will, let's talk about this a little bit. So I got into Survivor recently, and I'm 20 years late. And uh, I 
just watched the most the only season that was on Netflix, which is from four years ago, I think. And the thing that threw me is the theme of it because there's a theme every season is David versus Goliath. Mm-hmm. So I've the, seen this season. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the Nate and the, Rochelle recently introduced me as well, so I'm pretty. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I gotta tell Rochelle actually because uh, she doesn't know. And um, so the Davids are like, <laughs> you know, it's like these people are like, they they barely pulled themselves out of the dirt of, you know, the worst living possible to make it onto Survivor. Um, A picture of them and it just says, yuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. And it's and then and then it's like the Goliaths. It's like the creme de la creme of society. They've always had it easy and have never experienced hardship. But. <laughs> When they're like showing the boat, I'm like, is that fucking Mike White? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yo, what the fuck is Ned Schneebly doing on the Survivor season? Such a trip. Dude, that blew my fucking mind. And so as soon as I saw Ned, as soon as I saw Mike White, I was like, I have to watch the season. So I just uh Um, I just binged it. I just finished it. And I don't want to say anything because it's spoilers, but um good show, good show. New season just started airing. And I'm I watching I it. Didn't so like there's there's you know famously this famously an artificiality to uh, American reality TV, which I don't think takes anything away from it. I just you know yeah, most yeah. people are like, excuse me, that was set up by the producers. That doesn't make any sense. It's like right, right, right. Enjoy the kayfabe. I don't think I appreciated how legitimately they are surviving there. Yes, I, I was under the impression that Survivor and the fact that they're on an island and all of that stuff was just like a visual framing device for playing games. And yeah. like like it was like Nickelodeon Gak, but instead of right, you know, right. just, <laughs> instead of a studio, they're on a beach. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it is so I also did not appreciate that by being such a long running institution, it is to like everybody on that show, they are like devout Catholics and that show is church. It's great. like there's so many things that I am appreciating about it. One, I the fact that there's like decades of metagame, like sort mm-hmm. of knowledge. Uh, and they're, they all tell, know it. That everyone knows. <laughs> and then like, because I, you know, this is season 37 that I was watching. Yeah. And they're talking with such fluency about the, oh, when the merge happens and when this and that. And I'm like, what are they fucking talking about? I've never seen a season of Survivor before. What do they mean? I don't I don't get it. And then yeah, everybody kind of knows what's up. And at the end of the fucking in the, the reunion, they they're like, here's how much weight everybody lost. And I was like, what? <laughs> they, they were like, yeah, like they were like, this person lost it if they were there for 39 days and people are lost like 30 pounds because yeah. all they're eating is like a little bit of rice that they, that they can like dropped. scrounge together. Yeah. And it it'll be like by the chicken they lost the It's thing like Davey found a squid in the water and everybody's <laughs> yeah. like, Yeah, squid. And then they're just like chopping up the, the squid and they're like eating a little dab of, and they're like, It's calamari. And I'm like, No, it's fucking not. You guys didn't cook this at all. You're eating the These like, berries are poisonous but won't kill you till after the show. Yeah. And um I found berries with minimal diarrhea. And everyone's oh, yes. like, yes. Um, for, for an obstacle course. It was, it is truly, it is truly wild. Uh, and a but, new season just started. So I'm going to, I'm going to be watching that. But there is a season, my friend. You have to ask uh, Nate and Rochelle because they're the ones that showed it to me. Well, Starring yes. 
foundational competitive Smash Melee player, Ken. Ken. And it is Sephiroth never brought Ken. up. <laughs> it's literally just like he's pretty good too. He's su- yeah. surprisingly agile. I, I heard he I heard he was good. Yeah. I got to watch that. I got to watch that season. I don't know where it is. Like Netflix has two seasons. It has season 16 and season 37. And I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know what sort of contract nonsense happened where they're like, you get two seasons of this 41 season show. Why am I forgetting um, the host name again? Jeff Probst. Jeff Probst. What I love, speaking of it being an institution, is he's established like <laughs> the clout and control of Tom Cruise. Where like Tom Cruise is allowed to you know strap his face to a bear and fire it out of a cannon for the next yeah, mission possible because yeah, yeah. they can't stop him. Yeah, he's like <laughs> we watched a pretty early season, like season eight or nine. They just showed me a couple episodes, and the most outlandish thing he's doing is like standing in the water, like his feet are in the water, and he's just like the number one thing you've got to know about water is that it's wet, or whatever. And then, <laughs> and then it cuts to him in season you know thirty onwards, and he's hanging upside down out of a plane. And just being like, like, like he's holding onto the side of a helicopter for real. And like, our survivors don't know what's coming next. It's time for the twist. And I'm like, this is your meal ticket. And he's yeah. going to die in the ocean. <laughs> the, so first of all, Jeff Probst is everything Chris Harrison from The Bachelor wishes he was. Yeah. Um, and also, I was just thinking, this man must love his job. He oh, is yeah. so into it. Like, in what he does is like, I don't even see it behind the scenes, but like, even the um, play-by-play that he'll give of a challenge as it's going, he's like, the Kava team is, this is a huge blow to their team and they're dead last. Can they possibly get immunity tonight? We don't know. Over here on the green team, Kelly, uh, Kelly's, she's, she's struggling. She's struggling. <laughs> is it this going to, oh my God, the lead has been squandered by Kelly and the green team. It he looks like the, the orange show more team, than yeah. any viewer. And they love yeah. it. He's just like and, transcending. Yeah, that's. I, I'm just thinking like the lifestyle that you would have to live. Like I, I got jaded in the tech industry after five years. He's yeah. been at it for 20 years, hanging from helicopters and shit. I'm like, I wouldn't enjoy that. I wouldn't enjoy his job. But I'm like, <laughs> you, it is. He's like one of those guys that goes to prison and then can't live on the outside. Yeah, <laughs> he just keeps getting rebooked for six months. <laughs> yeah, it's unreal. Yeah, I, I'm just, yeah, I'm kind of in awe of the whole institution coming into it so fucking late. That was the, yeah, I mean, the big surprising part is how, I mean, you know, big surprise, but you know how how long Kitchen Nightmares has been going for like 15 years. Yeah, I don't know yeah. anybody that has the lexicon of Kitchen Nightmares is to yeah. be like. Oh my! Well, also the kitchen nightmares just has like a three act structure. You know, it has the all his last yeah. moment, and then Gordon comes outside and he does his weird. Uh, when his lines are scripted, you can always tell because he walks out the door in the middle of the the dinner service, and it's just like instead of being kind of stoic and strong and charismatic, he's doing all these fucking affectations and he's like moving. He's clapping his hands. He's like, I can't believe that Stephen was late to the dinner service. Another, <laughs> another crazy night. At Tagliatello's. <laughs> Tagliatello's. <laughs> At Spaghetti Steve's. <laughs> Tagliatello's is a great fake name for a time. <laughs> yeah, Tagliatello. it's like an Indian restaurant. Oh my God. Welcome to Tagliatello's. Um, <laughs> I recommend the chicken korma. <laughs> I recommend the fettuccine carbonara. Or the, you, get it with, you get it with the Tagliatelli. Hey, come back. <laughs> I'm trying to Don't leave. leave. Hey, oh, Don't the door's leave. locked. <laughs>
Um, all right, let's jump into pen pals because I, I needed to give a little quick survivor aside, but yes. Do you want to read this one? I'd love to. So this one comes from Anya on Instagram. Uh, traditionally, you know, send it to sadboyspod at gmail.com for pen pals, but Anya was like, my email isn't working, and I, I decided to make an exception. She says, <clears throat> so I love sad boys, and I've been listening for about two to three years. So my best friend and me had always, so my best friend and me had been friends for 10 years, always same school, same general friends, etc. Over the past year, we had become less active, but we remained our connection. But at the start of September, she started to not talk to me, and I thought it was for reasons not involving me. But when I asked her to talk, she told me she didn't like our friendship and that she felt stressed. We had never gotten into a real fight and had always communicated. She told me she wanted to stop being best friends. Aw. And also friends in general. Aw. Yeah. And she needed space from me. We had the same friends and I thought I had done something, but she told them the same. Oh. So I'd been trying to deal with it, but I don't know how to give her space while not dropping her. We were so close and she's a stranger now, and I don't know how to deal with it in a good way and move forward since I put all my eggs in one basket and now she's gone. Oh, that's so sad. Mm. I'm so sorry. I mean, thank you for reaching out, Anya. I, you know, that is a really hard situation to be in. Yeah, sorry you had to experience that. Um, but in terms of what do you do, I do think it's a simple answer. I, I, it is depressingly simple, yeah. It is depressingly <laughs> simple. You just don't reach out. I feel like if she needs space, then she's going to... It's The onus is a little bit on her. The ball is in her court because she is the only one who's going to know when she's had what she what she needs. I feel like it's okay to check in from time to time in a non-committal way, like a, hey, hope you're doing well. But I wouldn't even start there. I would start with just like no communication because it seems like that's what she wants. And and this doesn't sound like a, a personal thing. This sounds like very much on your friend's behalf because they're distancing themselves from the whole friend group. So, you know, at you all, I think it's in our, in our, instincts to want to solve the problem or to fix something that's wrong but sometimes you just got to take someone at their word and i feel like this might be one of those situations and it yeah and it's in our instinct to you know investigate the things we can investigate and right now that's only you right so you're going to have to in your head go over and over what you have done wrong or like search for what you've done wrong because you can't know what the source of them doing it is right and that's dangerous because it really doesn't sound like you did anything wrong and if it's you're you asking them what you did if you did anything wrong and they say no again you just got to take them at, at your word you're yeah. not doing anything wrong it's also indicative of that by them distancing themselves from other people around you it seems like they just need a clean break for whatever reason and sometimes that that happens and it can happen in graceful ways like you naturally drift apart <laughs> sure. and it can happen in very abrupt ways where someone just goes i actually need to leave the friend group which is a little theatrical <laughs> but is also you know sometimes it's what people need yeah and it's and 
it's theatrical, and I, I'm, there are certainly exceptions. I don't want to blanket anything, but it, I yeah. would say it generally is a pretty inappropriate way to do it and pretty <laughs> inconsiderate. Yeah. So, yeah. like, not really behavior I'd want to reward with being the carer, with yeah. then following up with, like, hey, still thinking about you, still trying to support it. Yeah, yeah. You did kind of a hurtful thing, you know. Um, but it's, well, it, it should be. Normalize. It's okay to not be friends with someone. It's oh, okay absolutely. to want to distance yourself. And, and everyone... We for, for 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 whatever we have to do to rationalize this, human beings need to be able to ask for something, and receive it. Yeah, like not you know not and something not that compromises on the way that they. Do I mean, so. you know, yeah. if uh, if it, you know, it's not necessarily a one to one because there are bigger connotations to this, but we can apply some of the rules of a romantic relationship, where mm. if it is a kindness to communicate to somebody as to why you don't want to continue a relationship. But there are situations where that's not easy to articulate. There yeah. are si the situations where you d may not feel safe, which I don't think is this, but you may not feel safe to articulate why or, or what the problem is. Mm -hmm. And a relationship of any kind is a mutual exchange. And if it's not, then it's like, it's a, uh, a parasite exchange. Like if yeah. somebody does not want you involved with them for a rational, irrational, whatever reason, you need to be able to respect that because it's just it's just damaging. You yeah. pursuing is not going to repair something. It's not going to repair that damage. You right. going by exactly what they're saying and showing, not, again, not that you owe them anything, but if mm -hmm. repairing this relationship, if that's possible, is a priority, then you showing them that respect, that unconditional, okay, I will step away, then maybe they get the chance to resolve whatever's getting in the way but, you know, as Jarvis said, that it's very clearly not something that, unless you and every single one of your friends independently fuck something up at all yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, probably not. I will also on, say that, like, if you need support in this, I think it's okay to bring it up with your other friends who are experiencing the same thing, because it could also be hard on them to, like, feel like they're losing a friend. Uh, and yeah. maybe there's space for that to bring you closer. I don't necessarily think this is the case, but I just to ensure, in case we are misreading, um, if you meant that uh, she she told me that she wanted to stop being best friends, and also da -da 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 -da, we had the same friends, and I thought I had done something, but she told but them she told the them same. the same. Yeah, no, no, that is right. I was just double checking; she wasn't saying like she also told the friend group that she didn't want to be friends with. Anymore. I see, I see, I see. But no, that's that doesn't seem to be the case. Uh, and also, uh, the last thing I'll call out is putting all my eggs in one basket. I don't, I don't think you do. I would apply the relationship rhetoric again and say that yeah, the value of a relationship is not in its like length or uh, if I don't get married, then dating was pointless. You know that kind yeah. of that kind yeah. of rhetoric. It's it's a good learning experience. It was valuable for what it is. Maybe it will come back, but even if it doesn't. You can make friends. You can develop friendships. Ten years is very valuable. It doesn't. It didn't need to be eleven to matter. Yeah, and I think also, and I don't think that this is necessarily the situation, but because the eggs in the basket analogy was used, I will say that if you are viewing like your friendships through that lens that can put a lot of pressure on that friend. 
any any given friend if you're like you're my best friend you're my sort of um what's the word uh partner confidant confidant uh, um yeah yeah you're my support system yes it, no yeah that's perfect. yeah if you're like you're my support system that is an unfair i'm not saying that this is what you're doing but this is more general advice if other people find themselves in this situation it can be a really unfair position to put a person in especially because it's not like consensual usually when that when that happens um and you know it's hard enough to keep like um take care of ourselves than to like be responsible for someone else so i think that be be wary of unintended pressures that you may be putting on interpersonal relationships i i would say for with regard to romantic or otherwise actually yeah i've had the the issues in past romantic relationships where that was the problem for me in that i felt like i was responsible and uh especially at the time of those relationships and it is plural it was it, it was a common thing especially in early dating because i didn't feel like it was appropriate i do want to be able to support someone but being a part of a support network and being relied upon are two different things yes because especially at the time of the relationships I'm referencing, I was not well. Like, I was just very, my mental health was fucking atrocious. Mm -hmm. And it, it would be like having a baby. It would be mm -hmm. like a, a, a human being is responsible for me at my worst. I don't want to burden, or I don't want to put them at risk by thinking that they can rely on me to that yeah. level. Um, yeah. And I think in the case of those relationships, I did not do a good job of, of articulating that that was the problem. Because mm -hmm. it also feels kind of patronizing, and I, I, I don't know, it was like difficult to, I, I just didn't feel comfortable yeah. saying it. Right. Which, if this is the source of it, is kind of sounds like what this person's doing as well. Because well. if you don't want to communicate that, and maybe something's happened to them where they're worried about being a negative influence on these people's lives, or this, they don't want to ask these people for help because they, you know, they feel like they're irradiated and they don't want to go near their friends for, fear of hurting them right is is kind of the poor communication that you'd expect because you don't yeah. want to say what it is because you don't want to have a conversation about it yeah and i just don't want anya to feel like this is what they've like she's done wrong um but oh i don't want anya to feel like this is something that she's done wrong because it ha nothing has been communicated to her so one thing to, and this is just something that my therapist has told me, so you're hearing it secondhand, is to not try to read mind reading. Mind reading is like a well-known pitfall that we can find ourselves in when reading social situations. And you can pretend you can be in someone's thoughts and assume what they must be feeling, and you never can. You never can. So if sure. someone doesn't expressly tell you something, then you shouldn't go off the assumption that you know exactly what's going on in their mind because it will only lead you to bad places. Especially if it doesn't make sense, you know, initially. Yeah. If intuitively you don't get it right away, that just means that there's pieces you don't have access to. But even if it does make sense, you don't know for... I mean, obviously in life, you sometimes have to go off of imperfect information. But even if something does make perfect sense, 
you have to recognize that ultimately you don't know what's going on in someone's life. You don't know what's going on in someone's head. And to pretend that you do is doing them a disservice as well. It's it's denying them the agency and the independence of like taking the, the control of their own like narrative. Yeah. And uh, no, I mean, also emphasis on we're saying this because we don't believe you have done from what you've told us. And again, we don't want to mind read, right? We don't, it doesn't seem like you have done anything wrong. It seems like uh, there's just something happening that you don't have the information to fully comprehend the same things happening to other people close to you. And you, I mean, you should value that you still have access to those friends and you have somebody to relate to and communicate with about it. Yeah. You have a, you have a network to brainstorm with. Right. All right. I think that's a good place to, to wrap it. I'm done with this. <laughs> I'm done with this and I'm done with that. We end every episode of sad boys with a particular phrase. We love you. And we're sorry. Boom. Boom. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Boom. Gucci girl. Gucci girl. How you doing? How you moving girl? Moving girl. How's your day looking? That future girl. Future girl. Yeah, we are now. Take my money. Go away. How you want it? Gucci rich for me.